Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. We have seen in recent months an unprecedented attack on individual liberty, on the Constitution, and most importantly, the Bill of Rights. We all know that the Bill of Rights is what uh, separates us from dictatorships. Those rights are inalienable rights, and that means they're God-given rights we have by dint of our birth. And those are the rights uh, that are spelled out in that incredible document that make us free individuals. Uh, I don't need to tell you, obviously, the First Amendment with freedom of speech, but it's also freedom of religion, the freedom to practice your religion the way you wish, and, of course, the right to peaceably assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. The Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments are incredibly important because those spell out our rights of individuals versus the legal system, due process. Without due process, you cannot be free. And most important, of course, is the Second Amendment. That is the enforcement arm of the Bill of Rights. It gives each of us the ability to protect ourselves and to protect ourselves from harm and to protect ourselves against tyranny in government. That was right on the minds of all of our founders when these incredible documents were signed 230-odd years ago. My guest on Freedom Forum uh, Radio is someone who is no stranger to the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and the Second Amendment. Uh, And I'd like to welcome Kenneth Henderson, uh, the chief of police at Young Harris College, and he's been the chief of police at Young Harris College for the past 37 years. He's been a police officer in the city of McKaysville, Georgia. Uh, he's worked with the Towns County Sheriff's Department. Uh, his specialty is, is he, he likes to attend trainings, conventions, classes alongside his department Uh, to make sure that he always has the proper knowledge. He wants to stay up-to-date with the most current requirements, advancements, and qualifications to hold the positions of trust that he has held successfully and with great merit and honor for the last 37 years. You've probably seen his name on some signs around the county, uh, so it's no secret that Kenneth Henderson is running for sheriff of Towns County. You'll see the name Ode, O-D-E, in the middle. That's his nickname only, and we're calling him Kenneth Henderson today. And Kenneth Henderson, Chief of Police at Young Harris College and candidate for Towns County Sheriff, please welcome, with great honor, I welcome you to Freedom Forum Radio. Thank thank you, sir. I appreciate it, and um, I appreciate being here. 
Well, it's really good to have you, and it gives you an opportunity to discuss uh, how you feel about the Second Amendment. You know, the Second Amendment is something that uh, all dictators do or like to do away with because they don't like the opposition uh, in any way. But uh, what are your feelings on the importance of the Second Amendment? Well, sir, I grew up in a family that <clears throat> that hunted. Uh, we had guns. We were well trained uh, by my father to handle guns and weapons. I uh, am a strong supporter um, of the Second Amendment. Um, I would always stand with the citizens. I would uh, I would never ever violate uh, the Second Amendment and our rights to bear arms. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, in your personal life, I mean, in growing up, that. The Second Amendment was uh, just taken for granted. So what what is your response to people who want to do away with the Second Amendment, uh, who want to get rid of that right of self-protection? Well, I, you know, I would say, and I respect uh, folks' rights to not want to uh, own or possess uh, a weapon, but also they need to understand that, <clears throat> that it's uh, the citizen's uh, constitutional right to bear arms, and the good citizens are going to have weapons uh, for protection purposes and for hunting purposes, and I support that 100% and always will. Well, you you have a position of trust on Young Harris College. You've been there for 37 years. Uh, What kind of of incidents and difficulties have you run into uh, in that position? Well, sir, we have uh, basically, as you well know, um, I think a couple years ago, uh, the state of Georgia had passed a law that would allow students to have weapons in their vehicles on campus. Uh, but however, they, the, the state said that it would be up to the universities to decide if they wanted to keep it as is or allow that to happen. Uh, Young Harris College uh, took the path of uh, we would not allow our students to possess weapons on college property. And, uh, you know, obviously as uh, an employee of, of the college, you have to enforce that. Um, you know, it's kind of a, it's an interesting thing to me when when people make laws that are and rules that are unenforceable. Um it's really kind of a difficult situation. It kind of puts you in a difficult situation as well, uh, don't you think? Yes, sir. It, it, it certainly does. And, I, you know, I understand, uh, you know, the people, um, especially at Young Harris College, our students that want to have weapons for hunting or whatever purpose that may be. I, ha- I have been a strong um, uh, advocate of, you know, uh, wanting to have some kind of system that would be safe and uh, would work well for our students to be able to bring weapons that were maybe uh, in lockers or whatever locked up in safes that they could check out for hunting purposes and that kind of thing. So I'm working, uh, actually, I'm working on that now to try to improve uh, that situation. 
But I also do feel that for our students to have weapons in their vehicles and, and that kind of, I, I don't like that idea. Uh, because uh, in the event, and we pray that would never happen, but in the event that we did have an active shooter situation and everybody comes out with a gun, you don't know who you're looking for. Well, I realize that that, of course, does present difficulties for law enforcement. But on the other hand, I'm sure you realize that the the best adversary for an active shooter is a good person, trained person, who does have a weapon. Oh, yes, sir. And I agree with that 100%. As long as you've got people that are trained to handle weapons, uh, I think it's a a great idea for those people to be armed and have weapons. Uh, As a matter of fact, I know there's uh, been a lot of talk, and it's still ongoing with uh, the possibility of there being uh, faculty members that are armed, and I support that. I support that 100% as long as they're trained and they know how to to use their weapon. We're talking with uh, Kenneth Henderson. Uh, Kenneth Henderson, who is the uh, chief of police at Young Harris College. He says here that Towns County is his home. He cares about it very much. And uh, he is running for sheriff of Towns County. And the quote here is that he believes it's time for a fresh approach. So, Kenneth Henderson, talking about a fresh approach, what does that mean to you? Well, sir, I'll be, uh, you know, I, I think our sheriff has to be somebody that's very accessible to the citizens. Uh, I will be that sheriff. Uh, there will be an open-door policy with me. Um, I, I want to uh, make sure that, you know, obviously people call, that I return their calls and talk with, uh, with our citizens. I want to, there's a lot of programs and things that I want to implement with the Sheriff's Department moving forward. I'm very pleased that we're a state certified agent. I'll continue that. I want to make sure that we have people all over our county that are well-trained, retired law enforcement, and just regular citizens that are reaching out to me saying they want to come work with the Sheriff's Department and offer up their services, and I welcome that. I want to start uh, a lot of programs. Uh, obviously, my 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 goal is that we get uh, some good, very well trained and qualified drug agents in our county to uh, to approach this drug problem that we have, and I intend to do just that. Uh, you know, sir, as well as I do, there's uh, people out here that are addicted that are not selling drugs that need help. I'll reach out to those people. I'll come into the homes with their families, and I'll reach out to help those people to get help. But if you're selling drugs in Towns County, you do not want to vote for Kenneth Henderson. Uh, And I agree with you. I mean, obviously, addiction is a medical condition. These are people who do need medical help. Uh, They may be in situations where their family might enable them. Uh, or friends might enable them. But bottom line, it comes down to availability of drugs, and that's where you talk about the drug dealers. How do you, how do you think you're going to be able to deal with this, the drug dealer problem in, in your county? Training, training, training is, is a thing that all of, of officers need, and I'm going to see to that. The state of Georgia requires that we do 20 hours of training each year. I'm going to require 40 and much more if possible. But I think, first of all, you have to have 
good qualified people that are respecting people's uh, uh, rights to search and seizure and this kind of thing. And if they're well trained, they know how to do these things and they know how to do it right. Uh, I want to get to the courtroom. I want to have a case that's good, one that the sheriff's department can win. And that comes back to making sure you've got well-trained officers that are prepared to go out here and do their job and, 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 and also making sure that we're not violating anybody's rights in doing what uh, our job is, is to uh, uh, combat this, this drug problem we have. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure my officers are well-trained, very professional people that know how to do their job, and we're going to go out here and deal with it. I want to have a hotline where that uh, people can call in uh, when, when, uh, to give information, and, 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 I, and with seizure monies, we're going to be able to, uh, people that have good information, uh, we, can, we can pay for that information. And that will not come out of the budget or out of the, uh, the, uh, the taxpayer's money. We're going to have the seizure funds. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a 24-7 hotline where folks can call in and give us information. We're going to have the uh, uh, concentrated patrol, I call it, where you step up patrol in these uh, drug, high drug uh, areas in our county. And we're going to be very visible, and, and we're going after these drug dealers. So this is, uh, you've raised some really important points here. And I think uh, due process is something that is so critically important to the freedom of the individual. And that's why the, the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments spell out the process by which you must get warrants, properly executed warrants for search and seizure. Uh, and what you're kind of talking about is making sure that those warrants that you get are justified, that they can be defended in court so that you don't have, the, so that when you do get to court, uh, the case won't be thrown out on technicalities. Is, aren't those technicalities, that's one of the things that angers people so much, isn't it? You have this great case, you know the guy's guilty, and then uh, the lawyer comes up and says, well, he didn't cross this T and he didn't dot that I, and the judge has to throw it out. Isn't that your experience? Yes, sir, and I, and I agree totally, and that comes back to training. It comes back to being well-trained, and I want all my officers to get get that training. I plan to um, have a uh, training coordinator that looks at every officer's records and files and training records, and we're going to look at what it is that, and where they're lacking, and we're going to get training for those officers. But my drug agents are going to have the best training that can poss- they can possibly get. And when you say due process, by all means, we want to make sure that we're respecting people's rights. We're not going to pull you over for having a taillight out and ask you to search your car. And if I were to ever have an officer do that, there's going to be some serious questions and uh, we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again because we're not, that's not what we're about. We want to go after the dealers. We want to do it in a lawful manner. And that's, uh, in law enforcement, probable cause means everything. And when you've got probable cause to move forward, you do so. Otherwise, you don't. Well, it's really very encouraging uh, to hear you say that because... You know, everyone wants the drug dealers gone. They want them in jail, but they don't really want to give up, obviously, their own personal rights. And I think that one of the problems comes when people feel the sheriffs, sheriff deputies are 
overstepping their power, are not treating them the way they should with the with the proper legal uh, process involved in interacting with them. So it sounds to me like you're certainly on the right track when it comes to training. So you want to train your officers so that when they do stop people, either in their car or in their homes or wherever it is, they do have a search warrant or a valid reason for, for making the stop. That's really critically important, and I applaud you for saying that. Yes, sir. And I, you know, if my, I think we need a standard procedure, whereas, too, when, we're, when we need to talk to people, we inform them up front of their rights and explain to them why we want to talk to them. And then if they want to proceed to talk with us, they, they would uh, obviously sign a, a Miranda form that would give us the right to talk with them. But I will be very strong in protecting people's rights and making sure that we're following the letter of the law and that we have probable cause in the event that we're investigating something. One of the things that I know that you're, uh, that is important to you are community watch programs involving communities in helping the sheriff's office make sure that uh, the laws are respected and people's rights are, are respected. So tell me about your plans in that area. Okay, sir. I, what I will do, if I'm elected sheriff, I want to make sure that our officers are assigned to zones throughout our county. And it's very important to me that our citizens are seeing police cars in their communities. Now, I want to go a step further than that. I think it's important we get to know our citizens and we talk to them. We share information. We get information. We know what's going on in the neighborhoods or in the communities. And I think that's a very, very important. So I want to make sure my officers have the training that they need to go out and communicate and talk with our citizens and get to know them. And that way, I think we all have a much safer and better community to live in. You know, that's really an important thing because there used to be a time when you knew the sheriff in your neighborhood. and He was the guy who walked around and talked to you and if you were sitting on your front porch, he'd wave at you, come and set it. You'd even sit down with you a spell and say, how you doing, neighbor? Now, that kind of policing is so important to have citizens uh, respect law and order and respect uh, the sheriff's office. That's exactly right. And, sir, I also think, you know, it, it's good that you see your sheriff out here alongside the deputies working, and I'm going to be that sheriff. Uh, I, you know, I'm very passionate in, in, in about law enforcement. I've been in law enforcement all my life. I, I, I communicate with young folks, obviously, here at Young Harris College. It, it's such a tremendous help to me to talk to them, have good rapport, uh, and I get a lot of good information from these young folks here and people in our community that we patrol. And I just think it's important. We have to get out in our communities and talk to our people, get to know them, and you're going to know the sheriff because I'm going to be out there. Uh, if I see you sitting on the porch, I'm probably going to pull up, get out, and sit and chat with you for a few and make sure things are going good, make sure we're we're being seen in the, the communities night and day. Uh, and, and I'm going to be very, very uh, strong in that, that I want our officers out here not patrolling the main highways as much as being in the communities, being seen. That's where we're needed. 
uh, and I, I intend to do just that. Uh, I also plan, uh, if I'm elected sheriff, I'm going to I'm going to have a web page. I want to keep people informed. I'm going to have a media person that keeps our citizens informed as to what the sheriff's department's doing, what's going on, and what we can do to help or improve what we're doing. Uh, I want to have at least quarterly meetings to where you can come to the courthouse or wherever we deem that that meeting place to be, and you can talk to your sheriff and 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 your command staff and talk with us and and let us know and share your. Uh, concerns and comments and, and and we can answer your questions. So I'll be a very, very, very much people person uh, as sheriff for this county. Well, thank you very much. Kenneth Henderson, uh, candidate for sheriff in Towns County 2020 in the, in the GOP primary. Um, thank you very, very much, sir, for being an incredible guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you, sir, and I appreciate you having me on. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.